it doesn't matter where we travel, they have to be a gym. So we, we make sure that either the hotel has a gym or, or there's a gym close by. Even when we went to Thailand, we, we had to find gyms over there. It, it just helps you feel more relaxed. It just yeah. you help you more calm. It just, it kind of like help you forget about all the stress that you have. Definitely on the workout, it does that. Welcome to the SupersetYourLife.com podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration, entertainment, and education to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym. Hey podcast, so we got Samuel Santos on this episode. He's the owner and master trainer of Suda Fit. I know him as a bodybuilding coach, having competed personally against his high-level athletes at the Hollywood Supernatural in Hollywood, California. Suda Fit is a family atmosphere gym and fitness community located in Los Angeles, California, staffed with certified personal trainers that combine strength training with high-intensity interval training methods for their original group fitness classes and six-week body transformation programs. He just moved to Orlando, Florida, to open up his second location, by the way. So you're gonna wanna follow him. I'm gonna put links to how to follow him in the description. Um, but we were talking about it before we started recording and it's pretty awesome. So trust me, you're gonna wanna see what he's up to. He is a very, very humble man and a good friend. Uh, the biggest impression that he made on me when we were in Los Angeles was that he's just all around a fun and uplifting guy. So to be honest, I had actually no idea how accomplished this gentleman was until after we we left and I just stayed in contact with him on Instagram because he's just so down to earth and encouraging. Sam can be found on Instagram at coach underscore Sammy underscore Suda. Again, we're gonna put links to these. His website, sudafit.com, S-U-D-A-F-I-T.com. Mr. Santos, welcome to our show. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me here. What is the most fulfilling aspects of what you do as a trainer, as a gym owner, um, everything all together? Me personally, I like more the in-person. Um, I like the personal contact where I can see the person or, or, or the clients, you know, three, four days a week. Um, yeah. where, uh, where, where you get to connect more with them. It's, uh, and, and you get a little more, I would say, feedback on the client because you're seeing them, you know, all those days during the week. Um, so it's very fulfilling in that sense because uh, I, I can see how I, I, I am transforming not life only physically, but also, you know, mentally, you know, talking to my clients. I see that they're less uh, stressful, that they feel, you know, a lot better, that they can do um, more things on their daily life that maybe they didn't before, before the training. Mm -hmm. um, the transformations also, you know, in the physical, like, for example, one of my most and I would say, and this is the online, uh, it's my son. So I have a son, he's 26 years old. Um, he was always, um, I always tried to involve him in, in, in the fitness throughout my competition uh, career back in 2000, all the way from 2005 to 2010. Back then, well, he was about 10, 11 years old. And I remember I used to make him try to work out, but I realized that you cannot make somebody, you have to let them be and, and you know, until they're ready for it. So actually, yeah. well, he, he got, you know, he got married. I'm not saying that's the reason why he got overweight, but, uh, you know, he like he loved to eat and he loved desserts, you know, so uh, Puerto Rican food can be a little bit, you know, 
So anyway, the thing is that he gained a lot of weight. And then uh, a couple months ago, he contacted me and uh, he lives in, in Dallas, Texas. So he's like, dad, you know, I need to, I need to do something. So just helping him and seeing that he's really following the program. Cause I mean, in a sense of the, the last month he, he lost about 15 to 17 pounds. And then, you know, seeing the picture is that very for, fulfilling. And uh, it's something that, that I feel real happy to, to know that just with the knowledge, you know, of the, of the training and the nutrition and just guiding him, how he could transform his body, not only in the physical sense, but in the health sense, because I mean, before physical, you know, health comes first, right? And everything comes, everything comes hand in hand. So you know, you start getting healthier, you start getting more more fit, you start looking better, and uh, it's just like a chain reaction. So I would say the most fulfilling thing is just seeing how people transform their lives, um, not only in the physical, but also in the in the health and uh, psychological, you know, in their in their mental 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 way. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate to that. It's, it's more, especially for my own workouts too, this is probably the same for you, but when, when you work out, you, you feel great physically, but what it does for you mentally is, um, that's, that, I think that's what's most, most valuable. You know, I had, I had COVID a couple of weeks ago and, um, it was, and I was like, I, I know that I probably should have been laying off of the workouts, but I was like, if I don't work out, then I will officially lose my mind. So these these workouts are happening and i don't care how i'm, I'm not this, this is not medical advice by the way so if somebody's listening to this you know <laughs> i'm not well, i'm glad you're doing you. good <laughs> What's that? You're doing good. no i'm glad you're doing good yeah yeah thank you you recovered pretty good though yeah so when, when you uh when you opened your gym in los angeles what was the most challenging the hardest part of getting that thing off the ground so when we opened our gym over there in, in the city of Downey um, in Los Angeles, California, I would say, and before that, we used to give classes in a park and then on the beach. So we have a following, but, um, and it was in Long Beach. So I don't know if you're uh, familiar with, uh, with California, you know, Long yeah. Beach would be 20, 25 miles from, from Downey, from, from the area that we were uh, situated at our gym, right? So. Um, so we, we had a, a good following, but when we moved to a location, um, nobody was able to come in because uh, of the distance. You know, life in California, it's so fast. I mean, people, they're, you know, they're, 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 it's a really fast pace. Um, and I understand you're in Washington State, right? I don't know how the life is over there, but in Los Angeles, it's like crazy, crazy fast. So, yeah. So for people to drive 25, 30 minutes, sometimes it's not, it's, it's not a thing that they can do. So I would say the most challenging part, it was at the beginning giving those classes where it was sometimes even one person, sometimes two people, you know, at 5 a.m. we're trying to give the class. And it, it was challenging because um, you see yourself and all you got to set your mind is think that, that you have a full class. But if not, it, it, it could be so frustrating. Yeah, it was really, really hard. Yeah, so I would think that was the most challenging part um, at the beginning. And every st step of the of the business had its challenges. Um, then, you know, looking for the right uh, program or software to run the gym, because on my ignorance before the gym, I would thought that running a gym just it was just giving the classes. But that's the least. <laughs> 
that you can get a trainer to do it. The operational part is, is, uh, is the hardest part. That, I would say that's a more challenging for me. And that's why uh, my wife used to run with that. So I used to be in charge of uh, operationals. Wow. So were, were you doing all of your own training when you opened the gym or did you immediately have this? No, we, we, it was me and her. We were giving classes for the first uh, almost two years. So it, yeah, about two years after we were already burning out. It was like, because we used to, and back then we had like three or four classes in the morning and then three or four classes in the evening. So it was like about eight hours a day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it, it was a little bit uh, challenging. It, it was, yeah, definitely. Wow. <laughs> All right. Um, what's the, so of the staff that you have right now, because you, you have a whole staff full of trainers. It's not just you that's doing the training. Right. Um, you're, what's, the, what's the biggest quality that you look for in a trainer? That you're that you're gonna hire. So so when we look to hire somebody, um, we're looking into how they connect with people, um, that they're aligned with our own vision. So you know that if if there's two visions, there's gonna be a division. So if the if the if that staff is not aligned with your vision, it, it won't work. Um, so my wife will tell them, look, you're hired. But that doesn't mean you're going to stay. You have a 30-day probation that is going to be decided by the clients. So the clients oh, are going to tell us if you're going to stay or you're going to leave. So they'll put them in a, in, in a sense of pressure that they will, they will try to do their best to connect with clients. Yeah. And uh, she did that all the time, and that did work really good. Um, but quality, uh, I would say, yeah, definitely a people's person, um, active, um, energetic, um, so were you ever knowledgeable? Because I, 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 I like making friends so much. I think that the, the, the hardest part for me to hire an employee would be I would like the person and think the best of them and give, give them the benefit of the doubt. But what you're saying is you actually have them basically just try it out and say, okay, well, I guess I guess our clients are going are, are, are gonna to be proof as to whether you're a good fit or not. Exactly. After they were interviewed by, by my wife, um, and, and we, we discussed, you know, and we, we were agreed that, you know, that person fit the, you know, the fit for, for uh, the coach in our, mm -hmm. in our facility. Then it came to the part that they have to be accepted by the clients. Because it's a very family-oriented uh, gym. I mean, there's people that they have been there from day one. I mean, right. we have people that we've been open for about seven years. You know, we survived the COVID. Um, so last year was really hard, but we are able to survive it. And we got people that they were there since since they won i mean uh -huh. probably from the first second month that we opened so i mean it's uh, it's a very family oriented it's people that they're already uh they're used to us they're 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 used to the way we we treat them that we used to the way we you know we work with them so we want our staff to be able to do the same with those people to cater to them to to be very um to be able to cater to their needs yeah. To make them feel happy, to make them feel like they're on, on their own gym, to make them feel that, you know, they're part of the family. Sometimes, even for my birthday or my wife's birthday, they will hang out with us. We'll go out and, and, and you know, just hang out with them, you know, in, in a restaurant or, or a specific place. So it, it was very personalized. Yeah. They felt like they were part of the family. Yeah. So when, when COVID hit, were you worried at all about your, because a lot of gyms went out to gyms, a, a lot of 
businesses went out of business. And so were you worried at all for what, for what you guys had worked so hard to put together? So at the beginning, um, at the beginning, like, you know, they were saying that it was going to be two weeks. I really thought it was going to be two weeks. So then after the third week, um, because we're completely shut down, um, dude, I was going crazy. So, so I start, you know, we're starting to talk to see what we're gonna do. And all of a sudden, like it was like a month and a half later that they did the the the, the first opening, but then they shut down one week after. So then um, we had some clients that you know they were very interested in keep training. So we kept it a, a, a very very low key, where we're just doing personal training. So. It was, it, it was challenging. Um, we were a little bit, I'm not going to say afraid, but we were a little bit nervous, you know, of, of what, which way it was going to go. But the personal training did really good. So in that sense, that was really good. We got really good support for a few months. A lot of our clients, they were still paying their membership. membership. They didn't want us to um, freeze them or cancel them. They, they wanted to keep paying to be able to support so that was something big that it really touched our, you know, our hearts, how, how people, you know, they're, they're really, you feel the love, you get me? Yeah. So, and we, we stayed together. Um, so we, we got one of the, uh, the PPE, uh, the PPP um, loans. So we were able to keep the staff going. Oh, of course, we, we caught on, on the hours, but then we started the online um, boot camps. So we're able to pay them and have them in, in payroll. While, while the you know the whole shutdown was going, we were able to pay them, um, and then uh, yeah, so it it was challenging. Um, we were a little bit nervous, but I wouldn't say scared. Like you know, I was hysterical thinking that that you know it, it was going to go bad because also the personal training, like I said, it was going really good. So we 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 got that um, that support there too. Mm-hmm. Awesome, smart. Uh, has Sudafit become exactly what you and your wife had originally planned for it to be, or has it taken a different direction and become different and grown and evolved from what you originally put on paper on your business plan when you started? So yes, it will definitely it definitely evolve. It has like uh, there was like about four or five steps where it did a big evolution where literally we're knocking down walls every evolution that we did so we started you know uh, it was a it it is a 3,000 square feet Um, we started with about uh, 700 it it was actually the location where we're at it was an IRS um, location so you can think about it It was a retail uh, space so there was a lot of offices so when we started we knocked down a couple walls and then we have like office, then we have like a back office. And actually um, a year into it, we lost uh, the apartment that we were at because we're putting everything to the gym. So we move into the gym. So we live six months inside the gym. So there was a room that that's why that's why it really touched our hearts because um, it, it was a place where at, at a point we had to live there. Yeah. So, you know, to be able to evolve with the gym, but every certain amount of time, it will grow more and then we have to do more knockdowns on wall. It will grow more. We have to bring more equipment. So it definitely keep growing of uh, where we first started. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, if you could start over with your career with the gym and with Sudafit and go back to the very beginning, if you had to do that, what's one thing that you would do differently than how you did it? 
Well, actually, we're doing it right now. <laughs> we suck it from scratch. And uh, you know what? When you have experience, what took you maybe a year, now is going to take us maybe six months. So right. I wouldn't say there's only one thing. There's going to be a lot of things that we're going to do different. Um, the first thing, it's, uh, for example, when we look for location over there, we didn't know about demographics. We didn't know about, you know, um, different... Um, I mean, when, when you look at it, when, when you do a gym like that, we're talking about a membership of $100 a month. So mm -hmm. not everybody will be able to pay $100 a month. So I don't want it to sound maybe a little bit, you know, I, I need it in, in, in a sense of uh, in, in there, we were so ignorant that we just, we just found this location. We like the location and we set it there. Right now, like for example, that we're looking for, for zones and, and areas. Now we know that there's a demographic that we want to look into. Now we know that we need to know how much, you know, it's, it's how, how much that population is making on their, on their finances yearly. So that way we know if it's a good place to put it or not. So th there is definitely a lot of things that we have to do different. Um, looking for a location. Um, we're already, you know, uh, when we started, we looked for a retail where we had to do all the demo. Now we're looking for a location that will be more open space. Um, we would definitely look for a bigger space rather than smaller trying to grow it. We'd rather go with a bigger that way because we know it's going to grow. So that way we can we can skip on that on those steps. So yes, definitely there'll be a lot of things that I, I would do different. Wow, that's really interesting that you say um, that you would prefer to have more space because one of the um, I interviewed somebody a few weeks ago and he was suggesting as a small gym owner to have a smaller space so that you're not paying so much per square foot. And he was saying that it's easier to just at that point focus on opening up your second location and instead of having all this empty space and have there not enough people in there, um, at least at least for somebody opening a first gym. But I guess maybe for you and you, since you're a new gym, you're saying it's going to be a hybrid gym. There's going to be a strength factor. There's going to be um, more that your new gym has to offer. I guess I could see why having more space would be a good idea. I think think about it. Um, it's it's more challenging and it's more risky to get a bigger space, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So you get the space. Um, and uh, let, let's say, for example, you get a thousand square feet. Um, a thousand square feet is it's it's kind of like small for a bootcamp. Yeah, for a PT studio you can do that, but for a bootcamp it's gonna be small. And all of a sudden, um, a year after, now you're like, oh shoot, I cannot feed these people, so I'm gonna open a second location. But now you have two rents, right? Rather right. than navigating a 2,500 square feet where you won't pay double, you will pay a little more, right? Because the bigger the space, the lower the rent. Yeah. Or the, lower the, the, the money per footage, per, per square footage. So it, it's something that you have really have to go with the mentality that you know that it, you're going to be successful and you know that you're, you know, you're believing you have the faith that you're going to grow. So, but, it, but it's a risky, I mean, it's, it's a risk. Don't get, don't get me wrong. It's definitely a risk, but something that we always been, we, we've been risk takers. Um, for example, when, when we, and sometimes it might be because of an ignorance. Sometimes it might be because we're really risk takers. But like, for example, when we opened the gym, I thought that $16,000 was going to open the gym. <laughs> and then <laughs> um, a month later, we ran out of money. So yeah. at the end of the day, when I was calculating, the whole gym was about, it's Suda. The, the first Suda is about 85,000. 85, um, if we wanted to build it exactly how it is right now. Um, so, so yes. So bigger location, it is going to be more rent, 
but bigger location, you have more opportunity to bring more people, especially if you're in, a, in an area that, that you have a good demographic of people with, you know, with, with, with good money that they can pay that, you know, that the membership that you have, you have a, a lot of people that live in per, per, per square, per square mile on, on that area. So there's a lot of things that you have to look into it, which we are doing right now. And right. we didn't do back then. Um, but definitely, I do believe that you want to go. Yeah, you don't want to go with an extremely huge location, mm -hmm. but I think that you you should go with at least thinking that your your gym is going to grow two or three times, and then go instead of going those thousand square feet, going two or three thousand square feet. Because in a year, in a year, bro, in a year you're going to grow it. That's awesome. This is extremely helpful. <laughs> really, really appreciate that. No, definitely. I mean, that's in our experience. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we think up with our experience. Yeah, yeah. No, that's making that's making a lot of sense. Wow. Yeah, sixteen sixteen thousand. I'm because I've been doing all the math and everything too, and I've and I've been. I'm, I'm hoping I'm somewhere accurate, but my best guess was like it's probably going to be like around eighty thousand, even if we have some of our own equipment to start. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Um, I like what you're saying about the demograph too. So um, knowing what you're just, just to, to summarize, then you're, you're saying you, you would have a better idea of what the demograph is, what people's incomes levels are. Um, yeah. Let's make it you want to think about the, the ages of the people that you want to be in your, in your gym. Like for example, the demographics of our gym, it averages from 25 years old to 55 years old. So we have a couple sixties, um, and and don't get me wrong, those 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 train hard, but they're not that many. And we have a couple young kids, but again, a lot of young kids don't have the money to pay hundred dollars a month. Yeah. So, so you want you wanna you wanna have that in mind, depending what's the membership that you're gonna be running, depending what's the program that you're gonna be running, you wanna take that in, in consideration too. And Google, dude, you can Google you can Google that, and, and the Google will tell you. That's exactly what I was going to ask you is like, how, how did you, how did you find that research? Like, so when you like right now, you're looking at different, you were just telling me before we started recording all these different potential locations that you're looking at in Orlando, like, is, is this Google? Like, are you like going to these places in person? Are you just like driving around and so Google driving around, then mapping it. Um, after you mop it, you want to kind of like uh, go over it through the map. So that way you know exactly what areas go. I mean, it can get confusing, especially when areas are big and there's a lot of uh, main streets. Because when there's only one main street, it's pretty simple, um, pretty you know, straightforward. But when you have uh, areas that they're really big, that they're pretty developed, um, that you have a lot of uh, apartment complex and, you know, because that's really what you're looking for. You don't want to look for, like I was saying, you don't want to look for an area that is too much tourist. Because then you're going to get clients that they're just going to come for a couple of days, maybe a week, but they're going to go. Yeah, which would be great if you had a which would be great if you had like a twenty four hour fitness because then they could just use their memberships that they have from wherever else. But if you're a if you're a gym like you guys are, you're gonna like that 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 would be. And one thing that we just noticed here is very different. I would say here of all of the gyms that we have been, and we we we've been going to the best gyms in 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 the in the mid Florida, right around the Tampa, Orlando, right. Santee area. Dude, almost all of them are twenty four hours. Or almost all of them are 24 hours. Wow. So, and it makes sense because that way you can have your gym running even when you're sleeping. Yeah. 
So, so are you guys 24 hours too? You, you remember? Oh, so we're, we're, we're thinking about it. Yeah, definitely. That, that's something yeah. that we're really considering. Yeah, that, that's, that seems to be the thing here is that, that, that I'm noticing all the, all the new gyms that are coming out. It's like they're, they're all 24 hour access. Exactly. Sorry, man. I'm just like on everything that you're saying. <laughs> this, is, this is this is really good stuff, man. I've been I've been I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while now. So, well, thank you. Finally, having this. We're looking forward to be able to uh, be in your in your in your program too. What's that? Yeah, I've been looking forward to being your program too. To, to being published, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're recording this on the nineteenth, and uh, I just published one. So every Saturday morning we have a new episode. So this will be published right. on uh, June twenty sixth. Nice, nice, awesome. Yep. Okay. Uh, do you have aspirations to compete in bodybuilding again yourself? Um. Look, I'll be honest with you. For me, I've been doing bodybuilding since I was fourteen. Yeah. I started in nineteen eighty-eight. Um, then I got married when I was nineteen until I was twenty-two. Um, I completely get got out of it. Of course, I'm, I wasn't married to my wife. She was born in, in eighty-nine, but. Yeah. Anyway, 88, sorry, 88. Um, she's correcting me right now. So 88. So anyways, um, so I, I got out of the, the fitness completely. I gained a lot of weight. I was very obese. And then uh, on my age of 21, a really good friend of mine um, that he was going actually for uh, pre-med school. He's like, bro, if you don't change your lifestyle, you won't see your son graduate from high school. Oh my gosh. This is the word that really marked my, my, my mind. So Right there and then, I got back into track. I got back into you know, into getting uh, in, in fit, in the fitness. And then uh, a couple of years after, I wanted to compete, but uh, I was like a lot of uh, of the guys. I would say like eighty percent where they worked their upper, but their lower they didn't work them. So for the next three years, my first coach, you know, my my best friend, um, he told me, bro, you have to work on those wheels if you want yeah. to. So. The next three years, I was just working on my legs to be able to bring him as um, to be able to be balanced with my with my upper body, and that's when I started. Then, in two thousand five, um, so since I started competing, and I remember still the first stage. I, I might not remember a lot of stages that I stepped into, but uh, the first stage I do remember, and I remember going into the into the stairs, going up into stage. I froze. I was like, I don't want to do this because I was very, um, um, how do you call it? Like, uh, shy. Yeah, shy, shy. I was very, very shy. Yeah, my wife was <laughs> translating. I was very, very shy and I, I froze. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? If with this, I have to get into stage. If, I, if not, I, I would never forgive myself. So I, as soon as I stepped into stage and I started posing, dude, that was the... I would say that's the best feeling I ever had in my life. And every mm-hmm. time I would get into stage, the same thing. So right now that I still feel that's the, that's the best feeling that you can get, you know, in, in, in your life. And if, if anybody wants to compete, I definitely suggest at least do one and get out of your system, you know? Um, but right now it's just different priorities. I would love to do it. I would love to come back maybe, you know, over 50. I'm already going to be 47. So maybe an over 50, but right now, I, I, I couldn't tell you. Right, right now, my priority is just to work on the gym, to build a gym. And uh, yeah, so I would love to, but I don't know yet. Yeah, no, I, I have a lot of respect for where you're coming from because I'm, I'm in the same boat myself right now. It's, it's like, I just, 
there's there's nothing more fun than competing in a bodybuilding competition like it it is just it's the coolest feeling ever it really really is um but it it's a it's a financial sacrifice it's a time sacrifice you know you're completely burnt out the last and i i do six month preps you know i mean you, you've trained natural competitors too and so it takes a long time and those last couple months man you're just the, the last thing you want to do is look at a dumbbell you know you're, you're training four hours a day and then and then you got to keep up that training after your competition too because you don't want to like lose all that shape that you work so hard for <laughs> so okay. i remember for in 2000 in 2009 in 2008 I did uh, nationals in San Agustin here in Florida. Um, and uh, my prep was 24 weeks. And uh, even Lila Brada helped because I, I used to be an athlete for Lila Brada um, with my best friend with Hugo Rivera. And uh, Hugo was my coach and back then. And dude, I was very lean, but my weight wasn't coming in. So Lila Brada taught us a few tricks with the, with the high fats. And uh, I re that's uh, the most lean competition that I ever I ever done I was about one really? body fat um but oh it was it, it was yeah I, I got a lot of pictures on the on Facebook yeah so, so your, your midsection is the hardest spot for for you to get in that, in that moment since I did a big bulking and and I don't believe in, in, in me personally and that's my philosophy I don't believe in in, in dirty bulking dirty bulking, yeah. bulking so you know bulking with high calories but good quality calories Um, mm -hmm. But back then I, I did a, a, I was, I started a lightweight and then back then nationals, I did, uh, I wanted to do middleweight, which I didn't make it. I made a uh, Walter weight. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was really hard to trim it down the way I did it, the way it came out. And, and it, I believe I looked phenomenal and my mentality, I was like, I'm going to win nationals. Yeah. <laughs> then when I got there, the, the guys in, in my, <laughs> In my category, they, they they were to my shoulder height. Oh, the holy crap! I mean, these guys <laughs> five feet, they're weighing 164 and a quarter. It's like, yeah, that was crazy, but it was a good experience. It was a yeah. really good. Experience. Uh, so you don't believe in dirty bulking, so you try to keep it pretty pretty clean. Then you just stick to all like clean uh, clean carb sources, rice, sweet potatoes, stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. Oatmeal, and then you know, you know, mm -hmm. on good fats, uh, I use a lot of uh, avocado. Um, a lot of peanut butter, a lot of almond butter, um, olive oil. Um, sometimes if, if, if it's not pre-prepped, you know, a data meat, cheese, and a, a few things, kind of like feeding the macros, but as clean as possible. Not feeding the macros with pizza. You, you get me? Feeding the yeah. macros. Maybe you want a burger, well, let's cook a home burger. Right. You know, if you want, you know, like pasta, let's cook a, a home pasta. So that way, you know, because a lot of those preservative and all those sodium and all that stuff is what really mess up you know and, mm -hmm. and in my experience when i was getting ready for the for national i had a lot of organ fat so even mm -hmm. though i had my my death and on the abdominals the waist looked wide because i had a lot of organ fat so that took me oh wow bring that up yeah wow doing double cardio um uh you know the regular uh training strength training I'm about an hour, hour and a half, uh, six days a week. So yeah, it was it was stressful, definitely stressful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have a client that I'm training right now, a bodybuilding competitor, and he's uh, about three three months out out from his show, and uh, he is we we 
we're tracking his calories and everything. And so then the next phase was to, was to basically just clean everything up and to eat more. I'm, I'm giving him more carbs than he was eating before. I'm giving him more fats and more protein. He's like, are you sure I can eat all this? And I was like, trust me, you want to eat as much as you can and still lose weight so that you, you don't, you know, plateau too quickly. So let's really push the envelopes here and see how, and see how full we can keep you at this point. And, uh, and he's been dropping weight faster even though he's eating more, but he's just not, he doesn't have all those preservatives and all that. Like you look at it, you look at a nutrition label and it says, oh, it has 200 calories. It has this many carbs. No, 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 no. That's, that's what somebody sitting behind a computer typed that in and said like, that means nothing. It has nothing to do with what's actually in that food. And a calorie is just, it's just not, a calorie is not the same. A, a, A calorie of a processed food is not the same as calories of, of whole foods. I, I know that it, I'm not denying the law of thermodynamics, but there's a lot that happens hormonally. And there's a lot. It's very, very complicated what happens when you eat something that's processed versus when you eat something that, that God made. <laughs> it's totally. Exactly. exactly. And, and I'll give you an example that uh, not too long ago I was dealing with uh, Splenda. Mm-hmm. I, I fall into sweets. That's my downfall. You know, yeah. I mean, that's why I used to be abused because of sweets. So I was working, um, we're working, uh, you know, my coach, we're working with, uh, you know, trimming down a little bit, kind of like for, we're going to do a photo shoot. And then, uh, you know, I was doing everything to the T and we, we're not looking. Yes, I was coming down, but not the way that we were expecting. And mm-hmm. then you know, we're, we're kind of like researching and doing a really depth um research on, on everything I was eating, everything. And then I look into the Splenda. And then, so again, Splenda, it tells you zero calories, right? Yeah. But, but, but I told you like sweets. So I would do about a quarter of a cup of Splenda, the granulated one, right. four to four times a day. So, and then he's like, then he's like, dude, this, this study is really good. So then we're looking to Splenda has a dextrin and maltodextrin. And then if you oh, read yeah. maltodextrin, has 3.5 calories per gram. And yeah. I, was, I was having almost 60 grams per serving. So now we're, <laughs> now we're talking about 180 calories four times, a, four times a day. It was almost 800 calories just in Splenda that is supposed to be zero sugar and zero right. calories. But no, that's bull. It's, it's so, so that's when I, when I changed into Stevia, it cost me a little bit because Stevia has a little bit weird flavor, but I already got used to it. But um, yeah, and then of course, not using as much. Yeah, no, that that's, that's hilarious that you bring that up because it, it's bullcrap what they what, what they what they put in these things and, and how they market it. But um, I, I just pulled up my Excel spreadsheet here of my uh, macro reference guide that I use for my nutrition for, for my personal nutrition plan and for the and for my clients. It's the same one. Um, it's just this uh, big database that I've put together over the years. Um, but. <laughs> I'm not going to say the name of the company, but it's a ham steak. They're, they're at Costco and, um, and they're just these hams that look like steaks. And I, I was just like cooking them just like steaks and they taste pretty good. And the macros look, look, look great on them. And um, this, it's kind of my fault because I, I knew that there was some sugar in it, but I'm like, it's a piece of ham. Like how much can there be? It's not that big of a deal. Um, and I'm on the carnivore diet. And so my, my, my macros, not now, I just went to keto, but um, for the last couple months um the the way that i the way that i like to eat is eating just exclusively meat so my macros are actually like 420 grams of protein uh no carbs and about 90 100 grams of fat so 
I've been eating these ham steaks because they're so lean. I'm like, great, they'll fit great in my macros. Uh, one serving has four grams of sugar and I saw the grams of sugar and I'm like, whatever, it's no big deal. It's probably trace. And then, uh, and then when I started eating those hams, I just stopped, I, I, I stopped getting leaner. I don't weigh myself, but I just, but, but I, but I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm, I'm not seeing the results that I should. Um, cause it's definitely leaner than, than beef steak. And when I did the math, one pound of that stuff, a pound and four ounces, which is one steak. And I was having a couple of those a day, uh, 27 grams of maltodextrin. Oh, wow. Two of them is 50 grams of the worst sugar that you can put in your body. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. And I was, and I, and so, and I had this big stack of these too. And I just went over to my neighbor's house and I was, and I was, and I was like, oh, and he's like, hey, Colt. And I was like, hey, uh, do you want all these hams? And he's like, you found something else that had sugar in it? And I was like, yep. And he's like, give it to me. And I was like, okay, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Those are things that you have to definitely take in, into consideration. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, that brings us to our, our theme question. So, uh, and this is stuff that we've already been touching on the entire time. Um, so, so as you know, a superset is when you perform two exercises back to back of opposite muscles, like a bench press and chin up, for example, is Arnold Schwarzenegger's classic example, right? And if you do uh, if you do these exercises back to back, by the end of your workout, you'll be stronger on bench and you'll, you'll be stronger on back because you're going back and forth. So Kayla and I have found fitness as itself to be a superset that makes us better in our relationships and our business and everything else so much to the point to where we're, again, we were just talking about this before we recorded, um, when, when, when everything else in life is busy, it's, it's like, our, our fitness need, needs still needs to happen and, and our own workouts need to be a, a high priority, even above priority in, in a lot of cases of pretty much everything else. So have you found your fitness still to this day to be um, essential to your business and essential to your relationships and for you to just uh, be a nice person to be around? <laughs> no, de definitely just, just to keep you well. And, and I'm pretty sure you guys are the same way. But for example, you know, it doesn't matter where we travel, they have to be a gym. So we, we make sure that either the hotel has a gym or, or there's a gym close. Like even when we went to Thailand, we, we have to find gyms over there. And that yeah. it, it just makes us more relaxed. Yeah. I'm the same <laughs> way. Like, it, 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 can be, it can be anything. Yeah. It, it, it can be anything. It's like, it, it, do, do you have cables? Do you have bikes i mean just like something something for me to move Dumbos, you know rack of dumbbells a bench and you know we'll, we'll work with that but at least something that you can you know that you that you can work those uh those different exercises and then be able to to um you know just just to, it, it just help you feel more relaxed it just yeah you help you more calm it, it just it kind of like help you forget about all the stress that you have definitely mm -hmm. on the workout it does that yeah do you listen to music when you work out? Do you listen to podcasts? Yes. I, I do listen to music. Um, I, I like my reggaeton. <laughs> so I like, you know, the, the, the reggaeton singers. Um, I have all, I have my days. Sometimes I like my West Coast hip hip hop, you know, Dr. Dredd, you know, Snoop Doggy Dogg back in the day, the 90s. Yeah. But most of the time I'm listening to um, um, reggaeton singers, like, you know, up to date in, in Puerto Rico reggaeton singers. Yeah. That's my favorite music. <laughs> cool 
Well, Sammy, it's been an absolute pleasure. I can't tell you how grateful I am for you staying up late and uh, and give, give, giving us time to be on our show. And uh, wow, yeah, just what we've learned today and what we've covered. Um, like, like I just showed you, I have a whole page of notes because this has definitely been extremely helpful for me and I know it will be for all of our listeners too, so. No, I re really definitely, um, I'm grateful. And, uh, you know, I thank you for, for, you know, making the time to interview me. Yeah. Um, yeah, anything that you guys need, you can come with us. Thank you listeners for joining us in this episode. If you found this helpful and entertaining, we ask if you would please share this with a friend. That would be awesome. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. So any ratings or reviews that you have are very much appreciated. We do have a new episode every Saturday morning. So please subscribe so you don't miss those. Thanks again. God bless you. Bye-bye.